1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com <laughs> back for Arfield what a Burnley Scott Arfield he's been threatening that recently and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball it's Sorori now on the outside he's Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper! Yes! Yes! Burley won it the yes. end. That is magnificent. They deserve that. <laughs> Only by Phil Fatella. Off oh, for a hat trick. He's got it. Hat trick for Nathan Teller. Oh, he's on fire at the and he goes on the outside, comes inside, he's having a shot, and a goal, Manuel Benson once more, that is top class, Burnley have done it, fantastic, Clarence deserve the championship title, they've been the best side throughout the campaign, Burnley have won the second tier, what a fantastic achievement, the players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Redmond, and I'm joined by Ollie, the Sheffield United fan from Sheffield United way ahead of this weekend's mm. game between Burnley and Sheffield United at Turf Moor, The two shittest teams in the Premier League, I think it's fair to say, El Shittico, as a lot of people are calling it. How are you doing, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. I think... You know, it's one of them where you think, oh, I can't wait for this week to be over. get to the weekend. Yeah. Oh, God, do we have to watch that? Oh, maybe I'm better off at work. <laughs>
1: um, but no,
0: yeah. yeah, not too bad. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, mate. I'm all right. Thank you. A lot better now. The weather's better. I prefer it when it's like this. You know, when it's wintery. I prefer it when it's like this because it's just been pissing it down for the last month. And I hate I, that. You've had it different to us. We had snow this morning. Oh, we had I we, had, we had a light dusting. We had a, we had a light dusting. I mean, I, I work in Leeds so it's not too far from Sheffield, provided you you still live around there. Um, I do. <laughs> and yeah, and uh, driving back from work last night at around eleven o'clock, it, it was snowing over at moors. I'm like, oh god, I hope I don't get so caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knew it will come. I woke up this morning. And there it was. But before we get started, I just want to remind everybody for the 23-24 season, the Turfcast podcast pre-game show is, of course, sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sports venues are showing every single televised Burnley fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together, get down your local Green King Sport pub and get closer to the action. This season, Green King have launched a Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be home to fan content deals and competitions throughout the season they've already given away Champions League final tickets and signed shirts so you do not want to miss out so please drop them a follow on Instagram you won't just be helping out Green King you will be helping out Turfcast as well Oli uh, I mean we've just had to uh, I, I, I could probably just end the podcast there just go ah uh, you got uh, and that's it right. see you later guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> we were just saying off air we? Like, how are we going to sell this but I, I just think Laughter is the best medicine. Let's just laugh at how shit we are. Um, but talk to me about your season. I mean, I you 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 may or may not have expected to be in this position. I kind of expected you to be in this position, but only because the, the way that your summer went. You was a decent side last season. Not as good as us, but still quite decent. <laughs> a decent side last season. Um but I remember when I met um, Nick, who's also on the Sheffield United way on the overlap. I don't know if I mentioned it, guys, but I was on the overlap. Um, uh, that's the day that we were signing Sander, or the news broke yep. that we were signing Sander. You just lost that. his name escapes me? He Eliminate, die. yeah, yeah, like, you, yeah. You of your best players, like, and I was like, oh, well, they're going to be poor. Uh, and then, and then when Gary I mean, Neville starts speaking, is Nick, He was like, yeah, we'll finish yeah, bottom, we'll, we'll get relegated. What, yeah. what, what can I say? So, <laughs> did you, did you kind of have the same optimism? For those listening on the podcast, that was inverted commas, by the way. Um, Optimism going going into the Premier League season? Yeah, I did,
0: to be honest. I think Nick summed
1: it up perfectly
0: on the overlap when you were both there. Nick brings it up all the time as well, so don't worry about it. It was one of them where... You know, coming into the season, we didn't end last season particularly well. I don't know if you remember, you probably just remember cantering off and running away into the distance, but until sort yeah, of just after the world that. cup break, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until just after the world cup break, we felt like we were kind of neck and neck. Obviously, we'd had a really good performance against Jarrett Bramalane, and it felt as though we were ready to kick on and go with you. And then January happened, and after the World Cup, we really got a lot worse, to be honest. At the end of last season, we got the transfer embargo in January. And oh, we yeah. turned into a team that were grinding out one nils, which if, if we could grind out a one nil this season, I would <laughs> <be a light laughs> tell me about team. it. Yeah. one time, <laughs> one win would be lovely lovely. Um, but yeah, so we were doing that a lot towards the end of last season. It wasn't inspiring, but we were getting over the line. So it wasn't like I was coming into the season absolutely thinking, oh, we're gonna be great anyway, then lemon leaves. Then Sander leaves and you do get a little bit what what point of promotion, really? Like, yeah. what well, is this what we is this what we did it for? But uh, to be honest, I thought we'd recruited well. I really liked Gus Harmer and Cam Archer. Obviously, you will have played them like we did last season, two of the best players in the championship. And so when they came in, I thought, actually, you know what? I think we'd upgraded on Sanderberg. I thought that we can't upgrade on a lemon and die within our own price range. But I thought Archer was as good as we could have got. And it's just not worked out at all. What's disappointed me most is the defence. Going forward, I thought would be rubbish. Preaching there. You are man.
1: preaching.
0: I just didn't think we'd score any goals anyway. So it's hard to be upset about the fact that we don't score any goals. But I thought we would be defensively organised. I thought we wouldn't just be whipping boys. And yeah, there's something really depressing about it, isn't there?
1: Tell me about it. Man. I genuinely like at least at least Nick went on the overlap and said, "Yeah, we'll be crap." So any clips that have been clipped up are just Nick being right. Basically, yeah. I was like. Fourteen at worst 14th, may, may, maybe top-half push, you know, something like that. Uh, I, said, I said even worse things on, on, on some Sky Bet thing that I went on, some even worse things yeah. on there, like w- we could be pushing for top-half, you know, watch out for Burnley this season, yeah, watch out. Watch out because we go fall through trap door and break Derby's record. I think going to break Derby's record, for, for those of you listening that are about to about to give me some grief. Um, for what it's worth, I think we, we might. might. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, a big talking point, obviously, between the two sides was this Sanderberg thing. Obviously, we were we were looking at Harmer, and it all yeah. just kind of went a bit weird. Like the noises were getting louder with Gus Harmer, and a lot of Burnley fans wanted him. We thought that mm-hmm. he could play in that ten role, fantastic. Like, yeah. you know, he's a good player. Um, and I will get on to him in a second, because he started the season well with you. So I do want to find out a little bit more about how it's going with him. But then 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 all of a sudden, out of nowhere, or what felt like out of nowhere compared to all the noises with Harmer, Sander Berg comes. And we're like, OK, you know, he's got more Premier League experience than Gus. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's going to be able to hit the ground running. He actually didn't, um, but he's, he's started getting better now. What what are your thoughts on him? Because there was a lot of negative comments from Chef United fans. Now, I don't know whether that was sour grapes, bitterness, because they were leaving and, and going to a club that you came up with. or Because uh, you, you said yourself, you, th- you yeah. thought you'd... You thought you'd um, I thought, thought we'd upgrade. Yeah. And to yeah. be honest, at the time, I was annoyed that we missed out on Harmer. Yeah. But, uh, well, we'll get into it. But what are your thoughts on on, on Sander?
0: Thoughts on Sander? It's hard because Sander was just riddled with injuries during his time at United. So he arrived to much fanfare. Obviously, United absolutely buzzing. It was our record signing at the time. We'd got the yeah. chant going immediately. We were really, really excited for this player to come to us who felt like he was highly rated obviously there'd been rumors that Liverpool were interested you know it really felt like a coup that he would come to Lane, and then he never really got going and I think there are different reasons as to why that happened and different things that you can point to so obviously he arrives a young man in a new country is here four weeks lockdown can't talk to anyone can't go outside can't settle in you're in lockdown. Stay there. Don't see your family. You're miles away anyway. So that's not going to help him settle in to how he's playing at United. You then have behind closed doors football, where it's difficult to, for anybody to get a rhythm. And quite frankly, we were Or We were probably worse then than we are now. And that is That's saying something, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is saying something. Yeah, you Um, were poor that that season. We were so bad that year. I can't believe we've done it twice. Like, I'm sat here again. (laughs) Um, But he really struggled to get settled. And they picked up a bad injury during the behind-closed-doors games and missed most of that season that we got relegated the second year in the Premier League. We got relegated and we thought, right, he's going to boss this division. He's going to be a cut above everybody else. And he just kept getting injured. So he never really got into the team. He never showed us what he'd got to offer. And then hecky comes in. And he did change then. So once Hecci Bottom had come in, he was a better player. He was more involved going forwards, more goal contributions, more assists. He was playing more to his strengths. But what United fans will remember, and the reason that he will have had some negativity leaving, is that Sander Berger, for me, was a 30 minute footballer. For 30 minutes, he could dominate any game of football in the Championship, particularly. But I saw him do it in the Premier League did it against Spurs at Bramley, did it against Chelsea at Bramley. For 30 minutes, he could just play anyhow you wanted him to and be brilliant. But for six day, he would be anonymous and you wouldn't see him and he would get overrun. And so I think when it came to the summer and we were getting a decent fee for him, we all kind of felt, actually, that's not a bad deal. We think we can upgrade on him for the money that you'd spent. We thought that Gus Harmer was going to come in and be an upgrade on him because it felt as though we were at that stage. I didn't think he suited us particularly well. And to be honest, I didn't think he
1: was going to suit you all that well either once he joined. Well, it's interesting because when he joined, like I... When he came on, I got Nick on Turfcast and spoke to him about Sander. And he was saying, look, every manager ever seems to think he's a defensive mid. They see him, they see the stature of him, they stick him in defensive mid, and the game bypasses him. And that's exactly 100% what happened in the first part of the season. However, Vincent Kompany stuck to his guns. And he's done this with a few players. James Trafford is stuck to his guns despite pressure from outside. A lot of people saying he should be playing Murich. and even though I will now say that Trafford isn't the problem, it's the defensive unit as a whole. Mm-hmm. I still think Murich is better of the two. That's a different debate. But with Sander, he's kept him in that. He's kind of kept him in the same role, but he's gone from a four now to more of a six, and yeah. he's still not. It's still not in like the ten or the eight role, which you'd probably want him to be in. Sorry. Although a six, he was playing in a yeah. six and that and, and yeah. But we wanted him in more of a ten, so he's gone from like a six to an eight, like a box to box, yeah. Rather than the attacking mid, and that that is suiting him. That is suiting him more. Yes, the first part of the that. season, yeah, the first part of the season didn't rate him at all. I've, I came on the podcast and said the Sheffield United fans were right, man. This guy is is he, is playing out of position. Like I stuck up for him a lot by saying, you know, he's playing out of position. Yep. Blaming company, and I, th- I think I did a sixty-second review after um I can't remember what game it was. It might be Bournemouth or Brentford because it happened a few times where we dally on the ball in the middle, lose possession, and then we concede. Yep. And yep. it was so frustrating because every fan ever was I, I like, "I could have said that to you.
0: I could draw. I could draw it, you that goal."
1: <laughs> every fan ever would be like, "Put him in the 10. Vincent would be like, "Nah, he's staying in the six. And then, like I said, he was stubborn with it, and he has he has moved him slightly to more of an eight uh, yeah. and that's suiting him more um is that yeah you said then that that's more yeah, likely to suit that, him is, is being that's going to better. suit him better yeah? he's going to be a lot better in that position he's a lot
0: i find him to be a lot more physical a lot more driving a lot faster when he gets to run forwards than he does when he has to run back yeah i think he'll have his moments defensively where he gets in and he wins his tackles i think generally speaking for us he was better in bigger games He seemed to just really try and find his level in the games, like I say, against Chelsea and Tottenham in particular in the Premier League. That was where he was finding his level. Where I think he will struggle the further back he gets is A, he dallies on the ball and he gets caught. That happens all the time. It happened a lot in the Championship, so it will happen even more often in the Premier League. But his physicality, for a lad as big as he is, I think I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I saw him compete and win a header. He's yeah, just no, the physical specimen he looks like. And that just really holds you back
1: if you're going to be deeper and deeper towards your own goal. I'll be honest, the first part of the season there was a lot of that. Like he, he was jumping like Veg horse, which Burnley fans yeah. will know as, as Veg horse jumps, he gets shorter. There was a lot yeah. of that. But he's, he's getting better in the air. The like, last few games, he has got a bit better in the air. And I am praying he scores a bullet header against if he you. Scores header, honestly, if he scores
0: header against us, I'm done. That's it. That's the season's done. I'm going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pack your bags, go home. Season's ticket yeah. in the bin. Don't worry, yeah. lads. We're off. We'll see you at Championship next year. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, that brings me on nicely to Harmer. Um, obviously I was disappointed to miss out on him at the time, and it looked like to me from the outside looking in, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, the only game I have watched you play, and this because I was doing it for work, is the Newcastle match, which obviously isn't a good representation of anything uh Sheffield United base heading. Why did you have to say reasons. it? <laughs> Sorry, it's the <laughs> only one I've watched. It's the only one I've watched. Um, and obviously it was quite anonymous in that one, which as he yeah. might not have been playing for all I know that hence the anonymous, anonymous anonymity that's a better way of saying it um but everyone <laughs> stage, was I could literally you you put playing in that one yeah, I, yeah. I could not tell you our team in that
0: one other than all
1: of them were crap that's all i've got <laughs> but...
0: in... For Harmer, though, he's been yeah. interesting and he has had his moments. So he has had games where he's been really done quite well. Everton at home, I thought, was probably his best game for United. It really felt as though we'd found him in his position. He was able to get forwards and support the attack. He didn't get the assist, technically, but he should have had the assist for our second goal. He does really well to win the ball high, plays a really quick ball to Archer, who smacked one off the bar and it picked not back ed and went in. So obviously, Harmer yeah. doesn't get anything for that. But it was through his good work that we were scoring goals. He'd got forward to create the first goal as well before laying it into McBurn who'd created the chance. So when we get him in the right position, in the right kind of game where United are going to be on the front foot, then he really does stand out as being a good midfielder. The problem that we've got is what you've said there against Newcastle is anonymity. And our entire midfield is anonymous. And it's not Gus Harmer's fault that he's not standing out in this team. It's the way that our team's set up. We just bypass midfield so often. We get overrun and we don't have the players in the middle to really just create an element of control. We are going back to front and either we try and play route one to Cameron Archer and at five foot seven, there's a shock when he don't win it. Or we go to McBurney, and McBurney holds the ball up and tries to bring other players in. But with McAtee and Archer... He's playing to other forward-thinking players. So I don't think we've found the position yet for Gus Harmer to really thrive in this United team. But he still managed to score two absolute beauties. His goal on his debut away at Notts Forest was just, oh, we don't score goals like that. that. And he scored an absolute peach. And then he put us ahead away at Spurs as well, where he took it really well first time into the bottom corner. So he's got a goal threat. He's got it in him to be creative. He's just lost within our midfield structure at the moment, and so we're just not seeing the best of him.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I feel like that's kind of what happened to Sander a bit as well. Yeah. <clears throat> there wasn't really a role for him, the midfield was getting bypassed, but now I'd say the midfield is probably the strongest part of our squad. Um, weirdly, I'd kill enough, for that. The, yeah, the, the <laughs> defense just doesn't things. exist. <laughs> yeah, the, the defense, well, our defense doesn't exist, and obviously. <laughs> with Lyle Foster being out at the minute, you know, we we are struggling, we are struggling uh, going forward, but we have started creating chances. We're just not really putting them in the net. Um, And that brings me on nicely to uh, your thoughts on Burner then, because I don't know how you, how you thought we would do this season. I think like a lot of the championship. Yeah. I thought that's what I mean. Like I'm going to look like an idiot for saying these things that I said earlier in the year. A lot of people thought that as well. There's so many predictions. I'm not going to mention it again, but when I was on a certain show at the start of the season, a certain former fullback from Manchester United said we'd be okay and a former yeah. c- central defender for Liverpool said we would survive but, you know, let rein it in a yeah. little bit. Uh, they both now probably say we're going down which, you know, fully yeah. expect. Even I say we're going down. Yeah. Can't really see us getting out of it. But wh- why do you think it's gone so wrong for That From the outside looking in, what are you? What, what are you obviously yeah. think the crap because everybody does. But like, wh- why do you think we are? Is what I'm saying. Where I enjoyed that because you
0: weren't looking at the screen, and I just went, "Yep." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of them where it's there's a couple of things. So in the summer, I said that Burnley would be okay, but there was one area where I really thought you'd struggle. I thought that there was almost. It's against Manchester City, so you can't judge it. But I thought there was a blueprint for what was going to be wrong with Burnley last season. You played Man City in the Cup and you tried to play the game on your own merits. And there is something really respectable about the idea of doing that. Going to those teams and saying, no, no, this is how we play. This is what we're going to do. And when it works, that's respectable. It's something to be proud of. The problem is that right now I would say it's naive. And I think that's really what's hit Burnley hard so far this season so I thought you'd be okay but I had this niggle at the back of my mind that said they need to just get a little bit more defensively organized they need to make sure that if they're going to try and impose their style they do it in a way that you've not got the better players now like in the championship you had the better players you can play the game however you want United showed that we last season could basically play how we wanted because our players were better and now that the players aren't better We've got to find another way to play. And we've not figured it out. And mm. I don't think you have either. And so I think it's probably it's probably harsh to call it tactical naivete, but that's what I think it is. I think it's a lack of understanding the step-up in division and what impact that was going to have on you defensively, particularly with a rookie keeper as well, which, again, yeah. it's, I understand why you'd make that move. He's one for the future. And I'm sure he'll be a great keeper. It was fantastic for England in the summer. But again, it's just adding to that extra layer of, Tactical naivety, which invites pressure. A goalkeeper who's not established himself at the level and has got something to prove. He's not got the relationship with the defenders that maybe Murich might have got if you were being consistent yeah. from last year. And that just adds up to problems running through the side, I think. And I think you probably will turn it around to a better extent than we do. I do think you will go down because to be honest, I'm really struggling to pick teams to even aim for from like our perspective. I look at Burnley and Everton And I just think, well, Everton are going to get out of it. I think they're going to be fine. I think as well, they're going to get six points given back to them because however many points they are behind Luton, they'll just give them that many points back so that Everton finish above Luton. So they'll not get dragged in. Bournemouth... Well, they absolutely battered us. So I <laughs> yeah, can't really did, say did that. that we'll do any better than them. So it's a long way to find a team who I think that we can chase down. And I think the same for Burnley. So I think you'll get better. I think you'll finish above us. But I do think you'll probably still go down. And I think you've got a lot to learn if company going to be a manager at this level with a club without being disrespectful
1: like Burnley. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think there is a lot of naivety there, both from the manager and from the players. You know, we, we've met a lot of defensive errors. You know, we were the better side. We are getting better. And that's the thing that a lot of fans and some pages are clinging on to. Yeah. There's some people still saying that they think we'll stay up. I, 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 I left that Palace match thinking, yeah, we're done. It's, it's, the problem with the Premier League <clears throat> is the games run out. Like, there's only yeah. 38 games, obviously, compared to 46 in the champ. The games just run out so quickly. And, and- we are now staring down the barrel. we would have to have a, such a good second half of the season to be able to be even with a chance. And you say games run out, but the reason games run out so quickly is that I,
0: I, I looked at this for United and you thought, oh, what, what we've all worrying about? We've got like 20 games left. Yeah, 24 games. What are you doing? Yeah, but Tenoram are against Man City, Liverpool, Man United, <laughs> exactly, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. So who are we going to beat? <laughs> like, it, it's not just that we've only got limited games left half of them are already written off. So you've got maybe 10 points where we've both got to get 30 points out of it in 10 games. It's just, it's so hard to do. And it's getting to a point where actually, I just don't think the points are there, even if we end up being a team that we should have been at the start of the year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's why we went down a couple of seasons ago. We got off to a slow start. We end up being behind the threshold of where you want to be, the run rate, if you like, if you're in T your <laughs> cricket. Um and, and then and then you're making mistakes because you're trying to catch up and, and yep. you know there's more pressure on you. And I think that showed against Palace. But like I said, we are getting better. And I do think we win yeah. this weekend, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, and, we're not getting and, better. Oh, so that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, I do think we, we just we just need we just need to put the ball in the net. Like we're just not scoring enough goals, and we also need to uh, it's pretty simple. It's, it's pretty Jeffy simple. We're looking hired. at it. We need to stop conceding. <laughs> we need to stop conceding as yeah. well. Put it in that net. Keep it out of that net. Um, I do want to ask simple you. Football. I do. Yeah, I do want to move on, uh, and I do want to wash you about Hecke. Um A lot of noise about his future at the club. The owners were there for the Bournemouth game, I believe, um, and obviously that couldn't have been a very good audition for for any any future work for, for, for Paul. I do like Paul. I've met him a few times. I, I used to be a, a reporter at uh, Radio Yorkshire when he was the Leeds United oh, yeah. manager. So I have met him a few times. And I remember once, I have a lot of respect for him because I remember once when they got they got battered at Preston once did Leeds. And he came come in and they were fuming. He's like, right, I'm ready to fight. Who's talking to me first? And he pointed at me, he went, first question, and I, ah, Paul, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but afterwards he come up and is like, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, mate. I apologise for that. So, but you know, talking to you and the other journals really made me feel, you know, like I, you know, had yeah. a therapy session. Um, so I do like Paul, um, but I do feel like his uh, his time's probably running out, isn't it? Um, how do you he feel has. about about him?
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full
1: terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: It has, yeah, I myself did a video on our channel earlier this week. Let's talk about Paul Heckingbottom. And effectively, I, I do think his time is probably up, to be honest. I don't, like you say, Paul Heckingbottom's a really nice man. I really like him. I think he has, he gives people and fans the time of day. And some people will think it's the bare minimum, but it's not. And it still takes something to do it. And so I do want to say that, you know, I really like him. And I hope that when he leaves United, he leaves us with good feeling from the fans. Some fans have started to disrespect the work he did last season. And I don't personally think that's fair. I think we need to still respect the fact that in crisis in the boardroom and behind the scenes, he steadied the ship and got us promoted. We can't ask him to do more than that. But he's been found out at the Premier League level. You know, we talked about the players that left in the summer the end of last season when we were just getting over the line we were winning games 1-0 what united did well is we defensively were really organized we sat deep we invited pressure knowing that teams couldn't hurt us and they couldn't get through a really solid defensive 5 with a city midfielder in front of them the problem then was that going forwards we didn't have any structure we didn't have any repeatable patterns we didn't have a noted style of play beyond let's give the ball to William and die and at the championship, you could give the ball to lemon and die, and you would win a game of football because he was that good. This season, we a don't have lemon and die, and b are now in the Premier League. And if there's a player playing for Sheffield United who we could give the ball to, who could just score a goal in the Premier League, he would be worth a lot of money and would not be playing yeah. for Sheffield United anymore. So we've lost any kind of attacking structure. We've not got a way to even get forward and create. I imagine what we'll see on Saturday is Ollie McBurney will come into the team and you will see us going long from defence to Ollie McBurney. He will either flick it on or hold it up and try to get either McAtee, Harmer or Archer involved in the game to try and put some pressure on. Because that's the only way that we've looked even close to being competitive is using McBurney's height like that. But behind that, we've just not got a plan. And if you've not got a plan as a manager, then unfortunately, it's hard to really see a future for you in the Premier League. I even said the other day, it might sound daft, but I'd rather be where you are. Because regardless of what's happening, you know what you're trying to do. You will sit down and watch Burnley on Saturday and you will say, I know exactly how we're going to create a chance and score a goal this week. We're going to be patient. We're going to use the wingers. We're going to get forward and we're going to put pressure onto the other team. We will press high to make sure we're forcing transition early and we will do what we can to then create the chances that come. We don't press high. We sit off deep. We don't have patience in possession. We just lump it forward. But because we've sat so deep, there's no players up. We don't have a defensive structure which allows us to sort of be aggressive once they get into our third. So we don't win individual tackles. You can dribble through us. We don't press so you can pass with quite a bit of sort of pressure-free environment. And so it seems to be a failing across the board in organisation, in tactics and in structure. So I think when that happens, you do need a change of manager. And like I say, he would leave with the best goodwill, but I think he has to leave.
1: I kind of went on a bit of a emotional roller coaster then when you were talking, <laughs> because when you said, we're going to bring Ollie McBurnie in, I had PTSD, we're going to go long. I'm like, oh, it's Bram yeah. Because that's, that's how you battered it us is. last season at Bramall Lane. Uh, it, it, obviously, we went 2-0 up and then you were like, right, just pump the long balls and <laughs> get it sorted. And that's 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 what we've been struggling with this that's season. We'll it's Like, last season, that win actually galvanised. If it wasn't for that win, I think after that, we won like 10 games in a row. Yeah, and then yeah, we're just just all. incredible. We, we beat <laughs> Blackburn the week after you, then went top of the championship. Cause I think you drew with Rotherham or something that season, that, that midweek or lost at home to Rotherham, lost yeah. to Rotherham. at home.
0: Last away yeah, yeah, game that. that
1: Rotherham won that. <laughs> Is it actually that's mad? Well, I I think I don't think I think QPR won their first game the other week since since they played us towards the end of last season. So uh, you're preaching again there, but but I I immediately I PTSD back to that Bramble Lane game, and then I thought, oh no, oh shame, Al if he plays, which I don't think he will Uh, against Ollie Mc McBurney winning headers being strong. Mm. We are. We could end up being 3 0 here. Uh, I, I was picturing leaving early at 3 0, like, wow, can't be doing this. Not that I very early, regularly <laughs> yeah. leave early for, for those that are going to go bloody hell in the comments. Uh, but then when you said, oh, but we can't press and you you can pass it through us, you can dribble it past us, like, oh, well, I, I, I don't know how you're going to play, which is kind of just what you just said, isn't yeah. it? I have no idea how we're going to play. I couldn't tell you what
0: the plan's going to be. I know, I would hope, shall I say, that for this game, we will do the, we're going to try and be big, physical and bully you. I hope that Ollie McBurney is going to start at centre-forward and we're going to kick it long to him and try to use his physicality to create chances, to try and win free kicks high, to try and win corners high and to really put the pressure on through that. Obviously, we will still have Jack Robinson with his long throw pelters and hopefully that in itself will also be an asset. We're going to have Truste and Enel Both should play, and they're the top two defensive scorers from last season's championship. Both generally were a massive threat in the championship last year. So that's what I want us to do, but I can't say with any confidence that it is what we will actually do, because to do that, I'd have to have some confidence that we'll be able to get into your half. Never mind, do anything else with it. I think defensively, you will create chances. Like, if you're having issues taking chances, you're going to get plenty. And so I would be shocked if you're not able to create and have the opportunity to score one, two goals. But I do think that given the issues that you've had, I I have to hope that, I don't want to say I expect, but I have to hope that we also cause you the same amount of problems because if we can't, with no disrespect, can't cause you problems, then my word, what are we doing at the moment?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just going back to the West Ham game, like, we created quite a few chances. You know, it's probably the most, someone will, will, will prove me wrong with the stat, but it felt like it was the most chances that we created in a game. We, we just can't mm. finish them. Um, so, if if we can create quite a few chances against you West Ham, just going off what you've just said, we, we'll hopefully create even more against you. Um, it's just a shame that Lyle Foster's obviously not available still, mm. uh, but obviously that the priority there with Lyle is, is that he gets better. Um, you've kind of just touched on it already. But what sort of game are you expecting? Not necessarily how are you going to play, but you remember that Simpsons clip where it goes <laughs> to football? It's just loads of play. I expect us, yeah, basically that kind of game, while two teams that are horrendous just don't <laughs> yeah. really know what to do. I take um, that nil nil, just that it, <laughs> yeah. ninety
0: minutes, hundred percent possession to Burnley, draw nil <laughs> nil.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm expecting you to really force the tempo. I think you will probably come into this game on the front foot I think you will try to impose your style over United I think we will be quite passive at least for the first 30 minutes because that seems to have been a real pattern to United's play recently we've been really passive for at least the first 30 minutes we invite teams onto us to sort of see what they're going to do how they're going to create their chances usually in the last couple of weeks you'll create a guilt-edged chance within the first 15 minutes because we'll sit off be passive and eventually that pressure will tell Whether you take that chance, so Wolves, for example, where we won, they created their chance and missed it. Brighton, they created three chances, took one of them and missed the others so that we were still in the game at half-time. Bournemouth took their chance and then took another one. So it depends how your finishing is as to what's going to happen to the game from that point onwards. But we'll be passive the first 30 minutes and let you dictate. We will then come and play a little bit for the next sort of 10, 15 minutes to half time. We'll try and push a little bit higher. You'll know our midfield will step forwards at least a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to be pressing you high and putting it on Trafford whenever he's got the ball at his feet, but we will step onto your midfielders at least. I'd expect to see probably at that time, it'll be harmer. He'll step up onto Berger and actually we'll try and get a little bit more control of the ball and we'll try and Just disrupt your flow a little bit from there. Mainly our intention will be to at halftime be nil-nil or at most one nil down because that seems to have been how we approach games. It sounds really defeative and negative, but that seems to have been the style that we are genuinely playing. I can't dress it up in any other way. Second half, we will then try to step forward. So against Brighton, second half, we immediately went front foot. We pushed Osborne into sort of a 10-roll so that he could run and really press and Harry defenders into making mistakes. And eventually that pressure told when they got the red card and we were able to score. We did the same against Wolves. Second half, stepped forward, moved our press sort of from the midfield to the defence and actually started to force mistakes and tried to be a little bit higher. So that's how we will want the game to go what I imagine will happen is that you'll
1: be 2-0 up after 20 minutes and then we'll have to come out and get picked off again. I mean, it kind of feels like a lot of teams did that to us in the Championship last season. They sat off as you were like, right, let's see what they can do. And then we'd be 3-0 up after 30 minutes and we'd we'd win the match. So that gives me a bit of hope if you are just going to sit off. However, we had better finishes finishes in the Championship last season. Don't get me wrong, Lyle's a very good finisher, but he's obviously not going to be playing other than that. Coley O shows shown that his finishing isn't great, but you know, he's he's, he's good at putting he's things on a no. plate for people. He's a good It's <laughs> <player. laughs> so fingers crossed, he can he can finally, you know, um, yeah, you know, turn these these chances into goals. Uh Jay Rodriguez, I feel like he's past it now. Obviously, got a goal against West Ham, but it was a penalty. Um okay. so we are going to need one of these players to step up. I think I think with Lyle, with everything what you've just said, Lyle probably have an attribute with the first 45 minutes. So basically, though, what you're saying is <laughs> If Burnley are n- if it's nil nil at half time, you win. If it's one one at half time one nil to us at half time, we draw. And if it's yeah. anything more than two nil, we'll win.
0: Yeah. That basically that seems to be how United are trying to play games. I mean, obviously last weekend was atrocious from us. You know, we got done at home really, really easily with what might be the worst performance I've ever seen. And so I think coming off the back of that, there is of course a chance that Heckin Bottom says we can't do that again. And yeah. tries to get us going from the start. But I don't think he's trusting our fitness. I think that's what's dictating some of this sitting off for the first 30 minutes and being so passive. I think he doesn't trust the fitness of the team. And he's saying, actually, I'd rather end strong than start strong. And he just wants to keep us in the game. So, yeah, I think that's a good summary. I think if it's if it's any more than 1-0 at half time, you will win. I think if it's 1-0, I would expect us to come back in and at least push you. To get in a draw if it's nil-not half-time, that's the only hope we've got of a win. <laughs> uh, whether or not we take it. I I'm am i am not a confident enough man to say that we could actually win a game of football, but we might do, you never know. We had the things that happened.
1: <laughs> well, you you've won more recently than us. <laughs> it's true, we, we true. It's, yeah. it's been a very long time. Seven defeats in a row, including the cup defeat at Everton. Um, so that, that's not that's not been uh, uh enjoyable. Yeah, um and seven at um, old, seven in a row at home, ah, innit? Yeah, mate. I have oh, got I've, I've I, th- th- we've got four points this season, which is embarrassing, right? But we, but that, that's that's the I fact mean, we've, we've got, got five. four points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously none of them none of them came at home. Um, but obviously having a little boy and a, and a job that's sometimes to yeah. seven pm or eleven pm, I struggled to get to midweek away games. Both of them points came on midweek away. I've not seen us get a point, and it's it's December. By the time people listen oh. to this, it's going to be December. So. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, oh, we'll move painful. on from that, mate. <laughs> it is painful. We'll move on from that, mate. Uh, we'll start wrapping it up, but I do want to get your prediction for the match, please. So, on our channel, on the Sheffield United Way, we do do a Premier
0: League prediction show where we predict every game of the Premier League season. So far, I've gone for 1-1 in that one. My competitor, Jimmy from Blades Ramble, which is another good YouTube channel to follow. Yeah, he, uh, J- yeah. Um... Jimmy's Jimmy got us on the relegation rival show. I like Jimmy. <laughs> Yes, he's a good guy. Uh, He's gone for Burnley to win this 2-1. So that just about sums up our positivity. So I'm sticking to my guns. I'm saying 1-1. I think you will get ahead during that first half. I think we will pin you back in the end. I think you'll see your first point though, which surely is a positive. <laughs> Fingers <laughs>
1: crossed, I get to see a point. Uh, hell. Oh god, because I'm not, I'm not looking forward to getting to mid January if it's still there, yeah. and I've not seen Burnley win. I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quitting my job and going to midweek away games just, just in the hope. <laughs> just, just um, that come I see on, we've got to get a point somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to go one 0 but I, I, I am now worried that if, if we are winning one 0 that your presses, because if you put. Any kind of pressure on us, we will crack. Yeah. The West Ham game was we were wander up, dictating, dominating the better side for 75 minutes. West okay. Ham went, Ray, it's 15 minutes left, lads. Let's put a bit of pressure on them. We cracked like an egg. It was embarrassing. And the, defense, the defending again was poor, just like it was against Palace. Um, so I'm gonna go 2 0. Vincent, if you're watching this, get that second goal in the first half, please. <laughs> Don't sit back. Um, not, not that I'm sure he tells the lads to sit back, I'm sure that the West Ham sitting back was just a, a natural thing, as you'd expect. Yeah, um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Um, any anything, if we get beat against against you guys, I, I, there's a lot of, and I mean it with the greatest respect. Obviously, you've said it in a similar vein, but mm. I think some of the noises, which I completely disagree with and would still disagree with, have been now changed the manager. That will get very loud, I think.
0: So I, I do as well. We will change if we lose this game. We will change. I'm yeah almost 100% certain that lose this game and it's over. We play Liverpool next midweek. So, I mean, maybe he gets that game because why not? It's not like anybody else is going to do better. (laughs) But yeah, I think if we lose that, the writing's on the wall for Bottom For company. it's interesting because obviously I can see why you'd want to keep him. And Mm. I can see exactly why you would think actually he's building something. We've actually committed to a plan and we've committed to something where we've brought in young players to play his style of play. Why are we throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it's all gone wrong at the start of this season at a level that a lot of the people haven't performed that before? For me, the worry is if you're not seeing improvement. So I wouldn't be saying for United to get rid of Heckingbottom if I could have told you what the improvements were or if I could have told you what the defined style of play was. That's more concerning to me than the fact that we lose every week because in the Premier League, sometimes you lose every week. So I think that for me would be the decision I would ask your fans to consider when you're saying you want to push for a change of manager. Are you seeing improvement? Do you know what the club is trying to do? Because if you can answer those two questions, yes, then it's probably worth sticking in the course. And if the answer to either of those is no, that's when I think you have to start looking at making a change.
1: Yeah, it's a good point there. And I think I the think answer to both of them questions is currently a resounding yes. Um, yeah. We're, we're, just, we're <laughs> just not improving... In results, Enough. performances are getting better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Performances are getting You can definitely see what we're trying to do. I would do what we did with Daish all them years ago. Go down, stick with him, come back up, stronger, back. better. Because we, we both saw how terrible the championship was last season. Oh, it, it's, it's a bit stronger this season. I do think it's stronger this season. But they're all going to go uh, up, aren't they? You
0: know what I mean? The, those teams that have made it better are going to come out again. So go one of them will the stay
1: down. I, I, th- I think Ipswich might come up. So that leaves one of them. That leaves one of them. But we'll see.
0: Yeah. And also, you look at the championship at the minute, West Brom are about to financially implode, aren't they? So they're not yeah. going to stick around. They're going to probably fall off a cliff. I don't think there's anybody else in the division beyond the top four, which includes three that will go up, as you say. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think there's loads to fear going back down into the championship no, at the moment. So if you're committed to a project that you think is working, if you're ever going to commit to it, it might as well be now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Mate, we'll wrap it up there, mate. But before we do, do you want to let everybody know where they can find you and your channel and, and all the content that you create? Indeed. So we are the Chef United Way. You can find
0: us on YouTube or on Twitter at Chef United Way. I, unfortunately, on Twitter, I'm called at BeastlyOlly. It's not a username that I'm proud of. I was a child. And, you, can yeah, it, it,
1: it, you can change it, mate. You can change it.
0: Do you know what it is, though? It's because I've said on so many videos now that I regret it and that I think it's awful. But I think that's almost a brand in itself. You know what I mean? If I had yeah. to if I have to change it now, I don't know what I'd do. Or I also don't know what I'd change it to because, you know. <laughs> I have to yeah. get something good, so yeah. You can find me at Beastly Ollie, where I do, as I say, content for the Sheffield United way, and I also co-host the Championship EFL debate with Gab Sutton every Wednesday. If you are looking to get a Championship fix because you're missing it, or because you're preparing for the future, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, yeah, just catching strays there. Just that last little, just yeah. preparing for the future. <laughs> I, I, I was, work, I was at work last night, as I said, and um, I, I did a Championship match, and someone come up to me at work and went, "What event have you got later?" I went, oh, it's uh, Ipswich against Millwall. They went, oh, scouting for next season. I'm like, cough, Billy. Like, well, you, know, I, I, on your way, you mate, know, on your way mate. on your way. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. We're, we're probably going to go down. But you never know. If we'd have hung on against West Ham and then beat you guys this Saturday, confidence could have gone. I just think, as yeah. I've said already, the games are running out. But I digress. Thank you, mate, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Time. Um, be a hat-trick ball soon for the Chef United way. Yeah, That's that'd, that'd be, be nice. You and, yeah, yeah, you yeah, and. You I'm, get I'm like next. Yeah, I'll just get Jimmy. I'll just get. No. That's, that's no reflection on Hal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I, I had that joke prepared, and then you said that, and I'm like, hold on a second. That makes it sound like I don't want to have. I'd love Hal. <laughs> I'll leave Hal both on next time, eh? shall I do that? Uh, but, mate, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm sure we'll thank see you. you or Jimmy or Hal later in the season, or probably next season in the Championship.
0: Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for having me, mate. I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, And we're having you back on the Sheffield United Way on Sunday, I think, for our
1: fans react to this game. Sunday so, at 10 a.m. Uh... I forgot about that. So <laughs> thank you for the reminder. I'll make a note of it now so I don't forget. But yeah, <laughs> thank you, mate. Been a pleasure. And uh, I'll speak to you later in the season. You too. Cheers, pal. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?